All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In the studio with me is Democratic Party Chair William Garcia. Now, I don't know which title should I use Lacrosse. Uh, I would always just use Lacrosse. Yes, the Lacrosse, Lacrosse County Chair. Because, you know, third congressional right. district. I mean, very important. Oh, 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 look at me. Um, but he is. He's the third congressional district Democratic Party Chair and Lacrosse County Democratic Party Chair. We put a podcast out this morning right. on, yes. on uh, paid family leave. Yep. So if anyone wants to listen to more of us, Talking about, I, I kind of grilled you. I don't know if you re-listened to that at all. I kind of no, grilled you. Which is good, which leave. is good. But, um, you know, it's just another instance of Republicans not letting us have nice things. Because so. when I when I uh, posted it, I listened to a little bit of it. Well, I listened to most of it last night before posting it. And I was like, I wonder if William's mad at me after days <laughs> like this. Because I kind of, and then a lot. some of the stuff is just you might not know. Because right. I, I come up with a question and it's like, I'm yeah. not. But I don't mind telling you that I don't know things. But I actually yeah. like it when you grill me. Because I, I feel like it's a more interesting discussion and more interesting to listen to. Yeah, and it's a, it's a pretty interesting podcast, Paid Family Leave. This is along the lines of marijuana. Right. Paid Family Leave is kind of a thing that Wisconsin is on an island. There's no paid family leave here. Right. And, in fact, part of that conversation was that we're not even talking about it. Same as marijuana. We're not even going to talk about it. It's like a thing that's the boogeyman. We can't talk well, about it. Well, it was. Paid Family Leave was part of Tony Evers' budget. Yeah, it's just as soon as the Republicans got a hold of it, they were like, "That was one of the first things they well, ripped out." It was part of Tim Michaels, and it was part you know, of Tim Michaels' that's, plan. That was kind of the gist yeah. of the whole podcast. Is like, "Hey, paid family leave was on the table until they lost the governor's yep. race." Um, do you think marijuana would have been off on the table if they would have? I don't won think the so. Governor? It doesn't look like there's a lot of GOP legislative interest in marijuana if, legalization. Yeah, if the GOP had the Republican governor, you know, they could do whatever they wanted. But right. I think they would still. It marijuana looks like stick. they would still not do anything with marijuana legalization. Yeah, okay. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, some of the other things I want to talk about is the Democratic Party convention, the state party yeah, this convention. Coming, is, this coming weekend, is yeah. In, it's in Green Bay. Is it switch towns every year? It moves year? every year. Okay. So every four or five years, uh, we'll kind of go in a, a circle around the state. Okay, where? when's the last time? Was it in? I feel like it was just in La Crosse. It was just in La Crosse. It's last right. year. Yeah, that's right. And then before that, it was in Milwaukee and blah, blah, blah. Does, where's the most obscure? Do you get way up north ever, like Superior or something like that? It wouldn't make you know, sense. We, yeah, we generally have to pick places that have like a really big convention center because there are so many of us that go and center it, center it a little bit. Well, Green Bay is way over there, so right. So um, no, any any place that's big enough to hold all of us, we consider. You can sit in the Quant Gym at UW Stevens Point. I think oh, good. You could do it there, uh, right in the middle of the state. Um, okay, so that we'll talk about that a little bit. Pride Month this month, uh, we'll talk about that. Um, running against Tammy Baldwin, do we have we last time I had you on? I think we had a pretty good conversation. I'm not sure a whole lot moved about who's going to run against you. There, there are Tammy rumors Baldwin. of another person entering, so we'll oh, we'll see oh, how those rumors go. Stay tuned. Look yes. at that tease. Um, story on a couple of stories on WisdomNews.com. One is kind of about Wisconsin Republicans and and the fallout from the U.S. Supreme Court race, which yeah. I don't know if it's a huge. The fallout. Wisconsin Supreme Court race, or, yeah, Wisconsin Supreme Court race. You're right. Sorry. Um, and the fallout there, and uh, we, we want to get into that a little bit. And then back to marijuana, Governor Tony Evers last week in on Alaska. Um, I don't know if you – did you show up over there? Did you see No, him? no, no. I, I had to work. He was on a cement roller, one of those you know fix-the-road yeah. type things, but he didn't drive it. So just for photo ops, and I always roll my eyes when people do the <laughs> stupid – like whether it's Donald Trump in a big rig or or, or uh, Joe Biden at the Isle of Plume uh, what, in a bus, I think. Uh, unless you guys get to drive those things, then you don't. Well, you know, there are so many pictures taken of those guys that, you know, maybe they just have to do something different just to, you know, break up the monotony. Yeah, or the the photo op of, look at me, I'm shoveling um, right. 
hot ready mix to fix the roads. Just I don't know. I just roll my eyes every time to see that. But when he was here last week, he talked about maybe Republicans could pass marijuana, maybe. But I have uh, I have my doubts. Um, and then I want to equate that a little bit if we get into it uh, on an abortion ban in Wisconsin, kind of the and that rolls back to the state supreme court race, right? Uh, which I think was a lot. A lot of that had to do with um, Roe v. Wade and abortion. Two other things that we might talk about here with William Garcia. Where's Where's Ron Johnson? Uh, sometimes, not that Tammy Baldwin shows up here a lot. Right. I, I don't know if off the top of your head you could tell me. The, she was at, in the town of Campbell talking oh, about Oh, she was people. here just a couple weeks ago. What no, was she she's doing? here quite a bit. What was she doing? Do you remember? Uh, it was, um, <laughs> <Stumped> <laughs> I believe it was Mental Health Awareness, but I could be wrong. Oh, you're right. You know what? Yeah, see? <laughs> uh-huh. All right. And then, uh, you know, but, but I don't feel like Ron Johnson. He's ever... too busy. Tweeting and saying conspiracy theories he's to travel anywhere. I just, yeah, the only time he's seen, I saw him, you know, was when he was running. He showed up the day before the election, right, uh, at the headquarters in in on Alaska, the GOP county headquarters. There, you know, on a little podium speaking. And then the last thing, if we get into it, Donald Trump, could you be more eighty? That's how I titled this part of the, sure. the conversation. Donald Trump posts a tweet on what Truth Social, Truth social his his yes. social media. Uh, it's all in capital letters, and there is very little punctuation. Only some weird com- spelling. There's only commas and dashes. There's no periods. So is that I? You know what? I haven't read. Oh, there's an exclamation point at the end. Oh, there's a period, William. There's one. Oh, look, right there. There's one period, two periods. Oh man, there's a, it's a very good punctuation, Donald Trump. I'm sorry. A couple of periods, one exclamation point, but in all caps, very hard to read. Uh, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, anyway, William Garcia is going to hang out. He's the Lacrosse County and Third Congressional District Party Chair of the Democrats. Uh, we'll get we'll we'll talk about their convention coming up next week when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Sullum in the studio with me, Lacrosse County Democratic Party Chair William Garcia. Hello, hello. We just uh, we just did a little tease about the Democratic Party Convention of Wisconsin coming to Green Bay next weekend. So we'd have to drive all the way across the state. It's it's probably not the most exciting thing to talk about at this point, but I'm guessing, uh, you know, Governor Evers will Tammy Baldwin be there? She's got to be there, right? Yep, like yep. Is she there every time? Are they always there? They're always there. Okay. They're always there. Uh, as they should be. It's, I mean, one of the most important things you need to do as a candidate is reach out to constituents. And this is reaching out to some of your most kind of ardent and uh, supportive constituents. So the, do you do anything exciting? Like, like I mean, when, I think so. When, when Ben Wickler, the, the state party chair, right, right, right. When he campaigns for you, he gets a lot of like uh, uh, parks and rec. He got the parks and rec people to read some parks and rec. Sure, yeah. And he got uh, the Princess Bride people yep. to redo. Yep. I mean, that's huge. And it raised a lot of money. Raised a lot of money. But does he ever end up bringing some of those people like that or some famous, like this? No, like, no, no, no. Those, those are fundraising things. This, the convention is, this is all about the, the, the party, party uh, politics, the officials um, planning what we're going to do in the next year, uh, uh, getting people ready for 2024. I mean, this is really a a, a moment to kind of gather, socialize, organize. Nuts and 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 get Exactly. And get ready for what's to to come. Doesn't sound like fun. You say it's fun. I think it's fun. fun. I think it's a lot of fun. But that's, it's that because you're just a nerd. Yes. Okay. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. Um, And 
We the last time you were on, we t- we dove quite a bit deep, co- kind of deep into you know you, every county brings ten. Right. We talked about the resolution process, but there's other things that happen as well. Uh, one of the things is every two years we elect a um, we have an election for the DPW state chair and vice chairs and secretary and treasurer, et cetera, et cetera. Ben Wickler is running again, um, as is his, the first vice chair. I mean, they run as a ticket. Ben, is anyone run against him? No. Unbelievable. Do you have term limits? No. No. Okay. That'd be funny if you did. I mean, because I feel like, well, I, I guess I, I guess we're pretty split on who likes term limits and who doesn't. Uh, ben Wickler, so he's a shoe-in to be the party chair. The the vice chair is kind of a shoe-in, too? Yeah, they run as a ticket, yep. So first oh, vice do. chair is Felicia Martin, who's been on the ticket since the beginning when Ben Wickler uh, was elected the first time. Um, but we do have a new second vice chair. I was going to say, you were telling me before the show, yep. the second vice chair is kind of interesting. I don't know how much work or what they do, but the person that is running for that is interesting. Right. The person the person who it was was Lee Snodgrass, who is in the assembly and needed to kind of step back from her vice chairmanship because she was so busy doing assembly things. And now um, the person running for second vice chair, her name is Trisha Zunker, and she is the uh, she's a member of the Ho-Chunk Supreme Court. So she's a justice with the Ho-Chunk Supreme Court and very, very active in lots of kind of um, democratic policies and organizations around the state. I'm going to make a joke that your assembly person that stepped down or is stepping down because they're so busy, they're a Democrat in the assembly. They don't have anything to do. It's not the only <laughs> thing she does, but yes, they was, should be busy. I always make fun of Jill Billings when she comes in here because she, the, the Democrats don't have a ton of say in state government. But because, remember, Jill Billings is actually part of the leadership. Like it's, she's not only representing uh, lacrosse; she is also working hard to represent all Democrats in the assembly across the state. Well, and she's on a building. I think the Buildings Commission, and yeah. there's always committees that she's on. And you're right; she is in leadership. She's been there 12 years. Um, all right, so that's this weekend in Green Bay. Do do people just? General public people get to show up to this? Or you can really? show up as a guest. You have to pay for a ticket, but you okay. can't show up as a guest, but you don't get to vote on anything. All right. Let's stick with uh, Wisconsin politics while we were talking about it. Um, Tammy Baldwin, obviously going to be at the, the convention. She's running for U.S. Senate again. And this kind of coincides with pride. She's the first yep. U.S. Senator that has uh, the, the first. Openly, vote. openly a gay U.S. Senator. And. It, it, it makes it so much so interesting because Ron Johnson just won against yep. Mandela Barnes. So that that would put me in a position to think that Tammy Baldwin would be vulnerable if a Republican just won a U.S. Senate race. Tammy Baldwin should be Tammy vulnerable. Baldwin has won two elections for Senate under pretty um, difficult election scenarios, and she's you know won by a wider margin than most Democrats win in the state. She's an amazing campaigner. She's an excellent senator. It's going to be very, very hard for someone to really go up against her. And the the Republicans are having a hard time picking someone because they want someone who is kind of a top-tier, well-known person, but they don't really have a name, especially yet. Uh, there are a couple of names that are being thrown out. Um, uh, Tom Tiffany, who represents the the area north of us in Wisconsin, that huge area in northern Wisconsin, yeah, kind of like Stevens Point and above, right, so to speak. Um, uh, he is he's bought websites for the Senate and things like that. He hasn't officially announced. And then, um, and Tiffany's a U.S. House rep. I don't know if you said that or not, but yeah, a US yeah, House rep. U.S. House rep, equivalent then, to Derek Van Orden. There's another U.S. House rep, 
Uh, and oh, I'm going to get his name Mike, wrong. Mike Gallagher. Mike is Gallagher. Another one. See, I was going to get his name wrong. But Mike Gallagher. Mike Gallagher represents uh, the kind of north eastern part of the state, um, and there are. Uh, he seems to be the favorite for um, like uh, party officials, uh, uh, federal officials. They seem to really think that um, that he should be the one to run. Um, and I don't know if we're going to get a primary or not. Neither of these people have did you, announced. Did you have a third person? Because nope. you said, oh, okay. So no, it's just, yeah, Gallagher and Tiffany are the two big names right now. If I was just picking, I would, I don't, you know, do you know a lot of Mike Gallagher's politics? So Mike Gallagher is, uh, he's more of a moderate Democrat, uh, Republican. He's more of a moderate Republican. Yeah. Um, he is, he's a little more anti-Trump. He's willing to stand up to Trump, um, a lot more than some of his other, um, counterparts but he is still has some pretty far right positions on things it's hard to call him a moderate he's not really a moderate yeah but but um when you put him up against like a, a trump diehard like tom tiffany then he looks a little more moderate. well you know and you call you call him you say moderate and you call it if you want to say the in the u.s the, right. the the moderate line the center line the people down the middle right. line in the u.s that line is way to the right way to the right and anywhere else, and you just you could call it the universal health care line. I know you, every time we talk, I bring up universal health care. I, ma- I manage to get it into every conversation. But so so when it's Mike Gallagher, he's down the middle, but he's way but, to the right. But both of these people have a really hard decision to make because going up against Tammy Baldwin is going to be difficult no matter what. It's going to be a hard, hard, hard race. And let's face it, the odds are you're going to lose. Even if the odds are like 49%, you know, percent, you, but the odds are you're going to lose. Well, I would say this is the equivalent to running against years past Ron Kind and our, yeah, our congressional a little bit. district. Yeah. Hey, because there was, I think, three elections ago, Republicans didn't even run anyone against Ron Kind, which is, it almost seems unheard of, but Democrats didn't run anyone against Robin Voss last election. So Right. No, not, it happens sometimes because you've got you to make decisions about how to spend a finite amount of money. So when Mike Gallagher or Tom Tiffany want to get into a race against Tammy Baldwin, who is, seems to, according to you, is going to be a little bit untouchable. Kind yeah, of hard yeah. To, you know, the, the Tom Brady of senators, I guess, of female senators maybe, um, they have to give up their U.S. House seat. They do. They're not allowed to run for U.S. House and U.S. Senate at the same time. So what the decision that both of these gentlemen have to make is, am I willing to give up a House seat that I will probably win in order to run for a Senate seat that there's a good chance I'll lose? Yeah. And I can't go back. You know, I can't. I guess you could in two years. You could go back to the House seat. But um, but then you're going to have to run against someone who who took over your seat. Is there a world where they run against each other in a primary and they both lose? Because once no, you run because in a you primary, can you can run in um, uh, can you run in primaries multiple? Primaries? As long as no, oh, the law is tricky because it's about names on the ballot. So in theory, you could if if you don't have a person. I'm going to go off now, but uh, if you don't have a person who's trying to primary you for your house seat. You could run for the Senate and the House in the primary at the same time. Yeah. So okay. So, but they're going to work that out, right? They're like, going to work that out. Most likely, they will work it out. They will probably paper rock scissors before, to yeah. see who goes exactly. against Tammy Baldwin. I think yeah. that. Okay. So sticking with that, and back to Derek Van Orden's district, the third congressional district, your district. Um, you know, I, I know you're not. You don't. You're not going to tell us anyway. But Brad Paff would be in the same situation, right? Correct. Not, no, not in the same situation. Yes, right, because yeah. he's up for re-election. Because he can't, he cannot. He's up for re-election in the state senate, yeah, so he Brad could not Pass. run for both state senate and for U.S. House. He would need to make a decision. So, is there? 
what, what what kind of guarantees would he have to get? Because his the the dilemma for him last time was the U.S. Democratic Party. Is that how you want to call it? The National Party yeah. did not invest in the third congressional district. That that's that one is a question you'll have to take to Brad. Right. I don't I don't know the like inner workings of what he's thinking. Yeah, and he'll be on with me in a couple of Mondays here. He comes on with me at the the last Monday of every month. But um, yeah, it would just be interesting to see. Uh, hey, Brad, is the are, are they going to guarantee they invest? You know, it would have to be like ten million. I would say that now this is unconnected with with Senator Paff, but uh, the the C, the people that kind of organize money around all over the country for these congressional races, they have targeted Wisconsin third as a prime pickup opportunity in a way that they've already announced it. They've already said this is we're, – we're looking at this seat as a pickup opportunity in a way that they did not in 2022. Okay. So they know they messed up in 2022. They know they messed up. And so they're kind of – they are definitely paying a lot more attention to Wisconsin 3rd now. Now, what that means in terms of guarantees, I've got no idea. And it's up to Senator Paff to make those decisions. When do you think we'll start hearing names? Because – in the Senate race against Tammy Baldwin, Republicans are complaining that, that we don't have a name. We need to get right. a name out there yep. because we need to start backing that person. Is that the same in the 3rd Congressional District where we – not even a name, but like can we get multiple names? Last last time we had Deb McGrath, Rebecca Cook, Brad Paff, and – was that it? Was there only oh, three? Uh, uh, oh, Mark um, – Mark Newman. Mark Newman. Uh, so we had four. But it's going to be – if it's that time in the U.S. Senate, is it that time now to start think, knowing who's going to run? I, I really think that we're going to have some answers by you know September, October, and I think that's plenty of time. Oh, okay. Because that was always the thing with Ron Johnson last election was, hey, Ron, are you going to run? Because he kind of right. left it up in the air. But he was like – I think he was going old school. This is how we do it. I yeah. announce it. No, 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 no. Ron Johnson had a very – remember, Ron Johnson was breaking a campaign promise on term limits. So Ron Johnson had to wait – a long time until he could announce that I'm running because the seat's too important and I'm the only one who can win it. And that's why I'm breaking my campaign promise to run for a third term. Right. But he waited a long time. But that's why he had to wait so that no one would like announce and run against him so that finally he could come out and say, well, no one's announced and I'm the only one that can win it. So I'm running again. Oh, to make the excuse. That's exactly. Oh, that's an interesting take. All right. That's William Garcia, lacrosse County democratic party chair. When we come back, we're going to talk. Can we talk about Spider-Man? Sure. Guardians of the Galaxy? We're talking movies a little bit, and then uh, it's Pride Month, too, as well. So we're going to get his take on that. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom in the studio with me is Lacrosse County and Third Congressional District Democratic Party Chair William Garcia. We're just kind of talking about obviously politics a little bit. Uh, Tammy Baldwin and who's going to run against her for U.S. Senate? Wisconsin Democrats got to make that decision. Or Wisconsin, Wisconsin Republicans. Republicans, Mike Gallagher, Tom Tiffany, you know, and then Democratic Democratic side, Brad Paff would have to make a decision if he's going to run for state senate again or if he's going to run. The, the, the interesting thing when, when Democrats in the state have to make this decision is they're kind of giving up nothing in the legislature because they don't have a ton of say it, for the power grab of a U.S. House seat where they might be it's, in the majority. It's not nothing because, remember, we are right on the precipice of – 
having a veto-proof majority in the Senate, we they, in the House. We don't have it yet, but it is super yeah. important that we keep Republicans from getting that veto-proof uh, majority because if they are ever allowed to override vetoes, they will pass – Hundreds of insane laws, just like they tried to do two years ago. That that makes the assembly seats that much more important because we've right. already lost the Senate, right? The right. Senate is the veto is veto it's proof, proof right now. That yes. would make Steve Doyle's position very yep. important. Any chance of him him retiring? I mean, he's been around a while. I uh, I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> I don't think so, but I could be wrong. I guess he, if he were if he were going to retire, I'm trying to just get like the politics would would it be important for him to say that at this time or beforehand or because because someone would you know, have to step it's, in it's a very different calendar for the for the state the state races versus the federal races the federal races like for senate for the third cd they take a lot more money they need a lot Districts more ramp up time so the calendar is just a lot longer um right now assembly people state senate people they don't really need to be thinking about this yet this is something they're going to decide, like I said, around September, October, and then they're going to make some announcements. So I, I doubt that any of these candidates at the at the statewide, like the like I said, state assembly, state senate, have even been considering it. The campaign's a little easier too because the districts are smaller, obviously. So right. it's not like they got to go, and they're not as expensive, so they don't have to do quite as much fundraising, et cetera, et cetera. A two year limit's too short. I mean, it feels like we're just. I mean, especially in nation. I mean, I don't think so. I think, I mean, the the reason why we've got these two year is to provide the, the whole point of the House of Representatives at the state and the federal level is to act quickly um, if the if the populace makes a decision, uh, um, thinks that things are going badly. So if things are going badly. The Senate takes a long time to kind of move one way or the other, but the House can be turned on a dime. In a very real way. And that's why the Senate is six years and the House is two. And that just goes back to listen to our podcast on not term limits, but on campaign finance, right? right? Because we make the argument, is it better to have term limits versus no, the campaign finance. And that's one reason I'm against term limits is because I I dislike term limits because I think they're a smokescreen for what really needs to happen, which is campaign finance. All right, we got to take a pause from politics for just a second because – I haven't seen this yet. I think I will see this this week. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yes, I can't wait to is, see it. I have not seen it either, but I, I cannot wait. Is this a is this a sequel to the cartoon? Is this a cartoon? It's it is a it's a cartoon I I and it's a sequel to the amazing um into the Spider-Verse film. Okay, because the Spider-Verse you mentioned. Spider-Verse. Because I'm trying to wrap my I haven't thought about this at all now. Okay. It's all just okay. kind of coming back to me. Um it's a it's a cartoon, but it's 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 a good movie. Yeah. The first one. And this one, I mean, it's you know, animated. We'll see. It looks- yeah, animated, right? I always say cartoon. Like, mom, watch the Star Wars thing. It's a cartoon, but it's pretty cool. The Clone Wars cartoon. Right. Um, and she's no, she's not going to do it, even though she loves that stuff. Um, okay, so be- can you explain the v- Spider Verse? Because there's also like the the real life Spider Man movie that's kind of we're in that right right sequel. Well, they, they the are kind of Spider-Man, they, they are right? kind of connected a little bit. They are connected. There's the MCU multiverse. And then Marvel the, multiverse, right? The, um, yeah, the Marvel. I'll just say that way. MCU Marvel, um, and then there's the Spider multiverse, Verse. but they are connected. But basically, in the in the Spider Verse uh, uh, universes, uh, it's really just they're focusing on the Spider Mans that are crossing back and forth. Yeah, and that's the this. confusing part because, and I I say real life, but what is it called? Uh, live action yeah. is that? What it is not is? part of the MCU. That's important to remember oh, because okay. the uh, the Spider Man the Spider Man animated. 
films are Sony, whereas are Sony Entertainment. Yeah. Whereas the uh, MCU is owned by Disney. So okay, so the live two action totally Spider-Man movies. Yeah, the, the live you action. do the Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing at you at each other because right, you have right, the three right. different. But they're Spider-Man. two different companies, which okay. means that they can't really they directly can't. tread on each other's intellectual property. Yeah, it'd be nice if you guys could get it together and just you know <laughs> co- collab a little bit um, because that's what's confusing but, to me. But because the first film was incredible. The first was uh, just an animation milestone. Some of the the information the the animation in that first movie was absolutely incredible. And from what I'm hearing, the animation on the second one. Uh, which does end on a cliffhanger because there's going to be a third that they've already been working on. It's going to come out pretty soon. But um, the animation on the second one is is even a bigger step in terms of like uh, what animation can do. Yeah, I've literally when I know I'm going to see a movie, I literally don't watch any of the previews. That's how I. That's how I, I'm. I'm uh, Frank Costanza, George Costanza. Sure, Stanton. sure, sure. I like to go in fresh. Um, so there's that Guardians Guardians three. Did you, I don't want to do any spoilers? Yep, I, no, but did you I like saw that Guardians. Movie? I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was a, a good send off for the Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy movies just do music better than a lot of movies, don't they? Or do they? Well, do they? James do, Dunn does music better. Does so if you've seen any James Gunn movie, you'll know that he is excellent at incorporating music. Okay, so is it that, or is it does he do music of my generation a little bit? Because and that's why I quit. I kind of no, because like, I mean he pulls music from like the '60s and '70s. Yeah, I know, but I, that's all still like I know it's not my generation, but that's all music that I can relate to right. growing up. And therefore, I'm like, oh, this song, oh, that song, Guardians. I don't all- know. I mean, he one of the one of the one of the key songs from this one is is uh, Florence and the Machine, and that's pretty recent. Yeah, I just got yelled at for playing that this weekend because it's. Why would you get yelled at for playing Florence? Because it was uh, the girlfriend's song that she listened to a lot in high school, and she's like, "It was kind of that's kind of old." She said, "So it's not even recent." So I don't know what you're doing there. I don't know. But I was like, "Oh, this song's from the Guardian soundtrack," and she's like, "Really? This is kind of old." I was like, "She's like, I, I, it was." It's one of the newer songs on the soundtrack. I think her thing was it was overplayed during her time. Whenever, whenever she was, because I never listened to it when it, whenever it came out. I wasn't, I don't know. I guess I just was listening to political podcasts or something like that. Anyway, all right. Um, back to back to politics. The okay, where do I want to go? Nah, well, this a short is, this diversion into movies. But yeah, I had to. to well, we had to like take a break, and I'm excited to see the the Spider Man Across the Spider Verse movie coming out. But I don't know. I, I kind of need like it explained to me a little bit because it's been a while, and I don't like to watch a preview. Um, and also, it's Black Spider Man, right? Like this is the that's one of them. One of the well, the animated, and right, then there's right, Spider Gwen. Well, it's Miles Morales, who is Afro Cuban, Afro Latino. Okay. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so he is. Um, but I mean, Miles Morales has been in the comics for decades. Okay. So it was very exciting to see him kind of get a movie. William Garcia reading the comics. Um, all right, it's Pride Month as well. Yep, and there's there's a story on wisdomnews.com just to kind of about like national corporations having to navigate pride. Do you roll your eyes at, at stuff like this, or do you? Do you, do you do I roll this? my eyes. I mean, I I will say I'm not a huge like fan of um kind of um corporate corporate pride. performative uh, activism. Um, I mean, it's it at the end of the day, it is just still another way for them to make money, right? I mean, but um, but I do think it's key. To think about that when when these businesses like Target, who's probably getting the brunt of the of of the effect right now, when when Target decides to go all in on Pride like they do, they have made a very cold financial decision that they will make more money by by embracing diversity than they will by ignoring it. 
And that's important because these companies, they're not doing it because, uh, you know, they, they believe in diversity so much. That's not fair. Some you feel a little bit sure. itchy just saying they will make more money in investing in pride than uh, ignoring it? I mean, it no, makes you feel- but I think it's an important I think it's an important because when you look at it as a cold financial business yeah, decision, it just makes me itchy. It tells you that the, the vast majority of this country is fine with pride. We, 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 we celebrate pride. And so these companies are making a decision that not just this year, but 10 years from now, our brand is going to be in a better position in the marketplace because we embrace pride. And that tells us where, where uh, acceptance of the LGBT community is going. And that part I, I think is important. Like I said, I mean, selling, selling T-shirts, whatever. Although I will say Target's done a pretty good job. They've actually hired queer um, artists and, and designers to do a lot of their kind of pride merchandise. Did I just miss and the thing? Good. I thought Target was taking their pride stuff out of stores because of backlash they're and taking They're taking some of their big signs down. They're not removing all of their pride merch. Right. They're just making it a little harder. But, and I mean, this is the horrifying thing. I mean, um, Target is worried because people have been threatening people that work at Target. Right. Right. Now, and, and of course, but here, here we see the big difference between like conservatives and, and, and progressives. Uh, progressives, we want, um, uh, you know, we want to, you know, celebrate everyone being individual. We want to celebrate everyone being loved in the world. And conservatives want to turn this into like an act of violence. And uh, it's really scary. But when you look at it in those terms, uh, those are the ter- those are the, the, the way that's the way you have to look at it is that on one side you've got acceptance and on the other side you've got violence and um, why are you, why on earth would anyone pick the side with violence? Did you see this? I'll just bring this up. Oh sure. Did you I see this on the Lacrosse County Republican Party chair uh, Republican Party Facebook page? Uh, it's kind of kind of this says the opposite of what you're just saying. Okay. We think Democrats are wrong. When you think someone is wrong, you discuss and debate. Democrats think we're evil, so Democrats think Republicans are evil. When someone is evil, you destroy them by any means necessary. That's where we are. So this is kind of the opposite of well, what you're but, saying. But also, I, I would like this person who ever posted it to give me one shred of evidence of, of, of this belief. Where are the progressives committing violence? Nowhere. I, I think they would just point to, like, Kenosha or George Floyd protests, something like that. I mean, George – that was a protest – Turned violent largely because of conservatives who were trying to uh, trying to like counter protest or or um, police who were trying to stop them from legally protesting. Kenosha it turned violent because a conservative showed up with a gun. I mean these are these are not uh, progressives institu- in, in, instituting the violence, right? All right, but you've got here. I mean, in what like let's talk about Trump. Where does Trump want debate? I mean, where does Trump – all Trump does is yell, it's either my way or the highway, and if you're not with me, you're, you're a moron. You're, I mean, just think about people in his own party that he's attacking right now, Ron DeSanctimonious. I mean, he just, he just stuff. went after his former media director, right? Right, Kaylee like Macklin. Macklin, Macklin some, some. Yeah, because she cited a, a poll that he didn't like, even though the like. poll had him up by right. 25 points. And so, I mean, you've got – and then you've got over here – You've got Joe Biden, who is working closely with congressional Republicans to prevent a default on our on our economy. I mean, there is no world in which that uh, post from the lacrosse Demo- Republicans there uh, is true, and there's no evidence of it. They can't point to a thing. 
Yeah, I think that anytime that happens, they just point to uh, Kenosha riots. They'll call them riots. Um, George Floyd riots, Portland, or the Capitol killing a police, like killing a police killing a a protester in January 6th or something like that. It's not a protester when you're committing a felony. Right. You're a criminal. Well, and that's the that's the, the debate. Like, no, 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 no. no. There was there might be a debate about whether they they should have assembled there. I mean, they have the right to assemble. They have the right to assemble. When you make a conscious decision to commit a felony by breaking into the U.S. Ha- uh, house, right? Uh, that is that is not a like um, a form of protest. That is a felony, and you will you should be treated as a criminal for doing that. And people were were obviously arrested for you know being at protests in Minneapolis and Kenosha right. as well. All right, let me look at the clock. All right, we gotta we gotta take one more break. We'll be back. Oh sure. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. William Garcia is in studio with me. He's the Lacrosse County Democratic Party Chair. I'm Rick Solom. Uh, just wrapping up, we kind of mentioned Donald Trump's tweet today from his Truth Social account, uh, but we didn't really get into it. Uh, it's it's hard to, I, you know, if you want to just if you want to sum up the tweet, he says, "Why are you in what char- possibly charging me, but you're not charging Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton right. or or right. anyone else that's a Democrat. right?" And so what we know, and this is all speculation. There's not a lot that we like. There's not a lot of hard like uh, facts about this, but. We do know for a fact that this morning Trump's lawyers met with the Department of Justice about the classified document case. That's the case where he is was um, found, you know, hoarding classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, and we know that it was a very long meeting between Trump's attorneys and the Department of Justice. And then as soon as it was, as it was over or a little bit after it was over, um, Trump issued this tweet about how are you going to charge me? And the tweet is in all caps. It's kind of funny. Right. It's in all caps and it's the punctuation's ridiculous and it's weird. But um, what this is making, the, some people are hypothesizing that this means that um, the Department of Justice basically told Trump's attorneys that he would be indicted very, pretty soon. Yeah. What, from what I hear, the there, was a, there was a recording that they got a hold of that literally – expresses Trump's knowing that the classified, he knew that the classified documents he had were classified. And he knew that he could not legally declassify them by thinking that they were declassified. Exactly. So there's, you have, you have him speaking publicly saying, I, I, I declassified them. Right. And you have him speaking privately going, yeah, I know I got these. They're classified. I think that's kind of, yeah. So you have him going on both sides of the issue, which is obviously means one is the lie. And of course I have, I have, I know nothing about the department of justice's evidence or case or anything like that, but because of the timing is really what people are saying. It's just fun talk radio. The, the, the Trump attorneys met this morning and then this afternoon, Trump gives this insane tweet about how are you going to charge me? Uh, which the department of justice has not said anything about charges forthcoming. Right. But the fact that Trump himself said, how are you going to charge me? Um, that that means that we're that we're going to have uh, charges on the classified document case. I mean, in the near future. The last time this happened, it was a little bit different. But Char- Trump came out and said, "I'm probably getting indicted tomorrow or something like that." And then it didn't happen for like a week, a week and a it half. It was another week, week and a half. Yeah. yeah. So. so it was always so. It, the timeline might be yeah. funny here. It might not happen for a month. For sure. All we know, but sure. but it is, and it, it might not happen. I mean, this is this is key. I mean, one of the one of Trump's important things here is that he he has to look like a martyr 
uh, he has to look like the whole world is against him. And, yeah. and, and these charges are one way that he can pretend that there's a witch hunt after him instead of uh, dealing with the realities of he very probably broke the law I mean, and committed treason. If you, without knowing anything, if you just read his thing, it's like, why didn't Joe Biden, why isn't Joe Biden being charged? He had 1,850 classified documents. And then why is it? No, Hillary- it doesn't say that. I believe it says 1,850 boxes, boxes. some of which had classified. Okay. So and like, then, and so then, that's not nearly the same thing. And then he goes crooked Hillary with yeah. her deleted. Well, and it's important to know that the Department of Justice did announce that both President Biden and Vice President Mike Pence would not be charged with possession of classified documents, specifically because they, as soon as they found them, they were turned over to the government. The proper procedures were followed. So the Department of Justice said for both Republican Pence and for Democrat Biden, we're not going to charge you. The procedures, it looks like an accident. You follow the procedures properly. The whole point is that Trump did not follow these procedures. In fact, worked very hard to obstruct people getting at these documents. In a, in a world where you could pick DeSantis or Trump to run against Joe Biden, who who are you picking? Right at this point, without Trump being arrested or, you know what I mean? I mean, even if he gets arrested, that might help his cause in the Republican world. Um, I am I am bullish about our about either. I, I truly am. Um, I don't think I think that there might be some Republicans running that might be a challenge for Biden. I don't think they have a chance. Uh, but for uh, DeSantos or Trump, uh, who are the two most likely winners of this primary, um, I, I think Biden takes either one of them fairly easily. All right. That's William Garcia, the La Crosse County Democratic Party chair and the third congressional district chair. Thanks, William. Have a great day.